Hello and welcome to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which I record today and pay my respects to their elders past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. So last season, I did a recommendations episode with my beautiful friend, Chrissy from Hair Romance, and I had so many requests for another episode. So we've decided to do one every season. I'm actually not sure if, have I pitched that to you that it's going to be every season, Chrissy? Did I ask you to do that? Uh, I'm saying yes now. That's perfect. I'm so excited. It's like my dream. Excellent. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, welcome, Chrissy, to our uh, once seasonly recommendations post. It's just so lovely because then I get to catch up with you and it's good for the podcast and for the listeners. I love it. And it's great. And I get to talk about some fun things with you as well. I love it. I always get a great recommendation from you too. Oh, everyone loved all the recommendations last time. And then it's really good because then everyone gives their recommendations as well. Because I put like a little list out of all the, the things that we discuss and then everyone's doing their own. So it's just, you know, excellent across the board. So Wonderful. I usually start every episode with a recommendation, but this whole episode is about recommendations. So I'm just going to ask you how your week has been. I've had a very interesting week, actually, because I have decided that it's time to learn something new. And I was on a walk around the area and I've been thinking about learning a martial art. And I saw a sign for Aikido. And I sent the, the, it was just a mobile number and a little sign about it. So I sent them a text message and I ended up having a very strange cup of coffee with a man. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm joining a cult. So you have to keep an eye on me because, you know, no one know, knowingly joins a cult, but this could be a cult. But I'm thinking of starting a martial art and I had a very long and interesting conversation with a strange man um, at my local cafe. So we'll see how it goes. He had a very cute dog, which I also feel like is a bit of a ruse because that will always draw me in. It will. Um, you will You will, You will. will fall for a cute dog. But I feel like this kind of stuff happens to you and Jim a lot. You guys seem to find like you just meet interesting people who do interesting things and find yourself in very odd circumstances. He was, he was not what I expected when I think of a martial arts master because he's a, an old white guy with a ponytail. Actually, that sounds very martial arts to me. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But I think he's like almost 70 and he lived in Japan for like 35 years and one of his kids is back there still, or has, gone, has moved back there. And yeah, he's, he's an interesting one. I, I, I'm looking into it So because I always think that the years that I had like a lot of interesting things. I feel like the pandemic stopped me learning something new. It just made me spend a lot of time inside. So I thought it's time to learn something new. Like I learned how to ride a horse and all these sorts of things in previous years and a bike. So now I think a martial art. Did you not know how to ride a bike? No. Did you not know this story? No, I didn't know this story. I didn't. Oh, I I never. Well, I got a bike as as like a seven or eight year old. And I think I was just that little bit too old then. And although I was a ballet dancer, I could pirouette, but I could not balance a bike. Wow. And it was hopeless. And it was a really cool black and white BMX that my brother got me. And I thought it was such a cool, and I kept the bike for years. I ended up giving it to like his child later because it was such a cool bike. And it only had like back pedal brakes, like all the old bikes. But yeah, I, even with training wheels, I would crash it. So, and I had, I think I worked out in the end, I had about 14 people try to teach me how to ride a bike. Far out. All my cousins, Rellos, my sister's boyfriend, like random people, no one could figure it out. So I was actually, funny enough, I was taking Italian lessons at the time and a lady in the Italian class said her son is at the uni bike club who teaches adults quite a lot. So I booked some lessons and he taught me. Wow. 
Do you know was what, it hard to know? learn as an adult? Was it scary? Uh, it's a little bit like the way they teach kids now how they have balance bikes. So initially oh, yeah. you're going to take the pedals off. And so you actually just practice with the pushing along. That's the way they teach adults now how to ride a bike instead of training wheels. And it seems to be a bit more of an intuitive technique. Mm. I think as you get older, you, it's a bit more frightening to try and learn something. Oh, so definitely. We, yeah, we're sort of on the grass in Centennial Park. Uh, but the thing that was interesting is he taught me how to start because you don't sit down when you start riding a bike. You no. stand up and you use what your dominant foot, your right foot, to bring the pedal up. And then you push down and the bike moves forward and you fall onto the seat. And that's how you start. Yeah, that's so and true. Every time I try riding a bike when you're sitting down and it's impossible. It is. That's entirely true. I think my, most kids just must learn accidentally. I think, And you just sort of figure it out as you're going and no one could actually def- – and I think that's so interesting about when people do something naturally, they can't explain how they do it. Yes. And it was actually getting someone to say, you have to stand up first. And I was like, oh. And I think I was leaning too heavily on the handlebars. So every time oh, yeah. I'm leaning on the handlebars, sitting down, there was no – Just like white-knuckled grip on it. <laughs> I was just falling over. So that's it. If you if you are one of those, and you know what, there are lots of people who can't ride bikes. We're all silent. I would fake period pain every time in high school. I had to ride a bike. Wow. I would just lie with my friends. I just kind of got out of it. And then I found out my best friend from primary school can't ride a bike either. And that's, that's so how probably why we were best friends. Wow. Well, actually, when Ben and I first started dating, like fifteen years ago now, um, I found out he couldn't swim. He just never did any swimming lessons. So like couldn't, he could kind of keep his head above water, but like couldn't swim laps or anything. So I taught him how to swim. I didn't know you did that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Cause he just kind of, the I don't know, swimming lessons just didn't really happen when he was a kid and it never sort of, cause I mean, if, you, if no one teaches you how to swim, you don't know how to do it. Mm, exactly. So let's jump into the good stuff. Uh, what is the best movie that you've watched recently? I had to really think about this and I was really coming up empty. So I'm going to give a recommendation of what not to watch. And that is the new Ghostbusters, which is the worst movie I have seen in a long time. Is that, is it really, really new? Yeah, brand new. I saw the advance release just before Christmas. It was dire. Like, I can't even tell you how bad it was. Who's in it? um, Some of the old cast. um, One of the kids from, one of the sweet kids from Stranger Things. Mm. They're going for a Stranger Things vibe and they're basically like the grandkids of the original Ghostbusters. It's basically Mm. made for all the fragile men who are upset that they put lady Ghostbusters. This is back to men Ghostbusters, so you don't need to feel sad about them having ladies in their wants. Oh, God. And I don't want to be a traitor to the lady Ghostbusters, but even that movie wasn't that great. I kind of, you know, I thought there was at least jokes in it. There's no jokes in this movie. Oh, no. Um, Jim, who is a diehard Ghostbusters fan, the reason we went to see this movie, um, he was like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, darling. So sentimental in the most fragile, masculine way. Oh, Awful. gross. Please avoid. Okay. Please, I, please I, tell I, me you have a recommendation. <laughs> I do. I have a fantastic one. I went to see West Side Story. Have you seen that? No. Oh my God. It's so good. So I went to see it on Boxing Day in Canberra with, um, you know, my friends, Asim Fleas. So I actually met them when we were all in a production of West Side Story. So I played anybody's and we were all jets. Like when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. And um, yeah, it was just, it was outstanding. It was just so much better than I thought it would be. It was just so tight and like every second was just absolute perfection. And one of the things I really loved about it was that Maria was really heavily accented and she like sang in an accent with all of her songs. And honestly, I've seen like five productions of West Side Story and I've never heard a Maria sing with an accent through her songs. She's usually got like a dodgy accent because she's invariably played by a white woman. She's got like a really kind of um, 
like over the top accent with her speaking parts, but never sings accented. So like that was really beautiful hearing that beautiful accent coming through in the actual songs, which was incredible. And the the girl who played her was just unbelievable. Um, And they did this amazing thing where, so are you familiar with Westside? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. So you have to see it. Oh my God. How have you not seen it? If you, if you. I don't know. I I remember I liked the original and I actually saw an Opera Australia production of it um, two years ago. I I heard that was really good. It was really fantastic. So good. So they, what they did, so, you know, the character of Doc, who's like the man that owns the grocery store, Mm -hmm. they they changed it in the movie and it's now a woman called Valentina and the woman who plays Valentina played Anita in the original movie. So it's like, I know it's so beautiful. And you're just like, oh my God. Like it was just so beautiful. And honestly, I just, I don't have a bad word to say about it. And the only thing is that, and this is so dumb because like, I'm a massive fan of West Side Story. It's not like my favorite musical ever, but I've seen probably about six different productions of it. You completely forget how horrific it is from interval onwards. It just gets worse and worse and worse. And it wasn't until like, because yeah. we, we were watching it the first half and we're looking at each other being like, I like to be in America. And then we're like, da, 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 and having so much fun. And then we got halfway through and we're like, oh God, oh God, we totally forgot that this is what happens. And by then it was too late. And then, you know, yeah. spoiler alert, everyone dies. Yeah, uh, yeah it it's was dark. just. The second half is dark. It's yeah. extremely dark. But yeah, it was so great. And the, the I know this is this is such a weird piece of feedback, but the foley was fantastic. That I know that's such a, a very interesting It's really weird, but they, but it was so tight and they had, because you could hear like the swishing of the skirts and it was really like um, industrial and urban and you could like hear all of the cars and stuff and they were just timed really beautifully. Like that's a weird kind of film nerd thing to say. But honestly, I, I was expecting to hate some parts of it and I hated none of it and it was amazing. I think I love that observation though because that's the sort of thing that makes you really fall into the scene. Yeah. And the sa- they're the sounds that take you out of it and you don't realise that it's off. So amazing. Really yeah, good. it was really good. So let's talk books. What's the best book you've read recently? Uh, Coltish by Amanda Montel and it's, uh, it's The Language of Fanaticism. So this is a really new book. It only just came out last year, mid-year, and it is a mix of linguistics cults and cult-like groups including MLMs and marketing and it is like the perfect circle Venn diagram of all the things I love and I feel like this is a recommendation for you you will love this book absolutely it's a page turner as well she's a great writer it's really easy to like great to read really fun to read but going into like soul cycle as a cult versus like kundalini yoga I love soul cycle I don't love soul cycle but I've like it comes up as like this whole cult thing a lot. And I would love to know more about like the psychology behind all of that as well. All of those things and MLM language. And it's all about how that language is used and the language of groups. And I found it fascinating. I love it. Oh, I can't wait. I'm adding it to my list. Okay. What's top of your list for books that I'm going to write down now? So Blonde Roots by Bernadine Evaristo. So I've read a few of her books and recommended them before. She's an outstanding writer. So this book is, it's amazing. It's written as if slavery was reversed and it was white people that were enslaved rather than black people. Um, so it's like the, the whole and, and how like, you know, they were kind of, you know, stolen from Europe and brought over to Africa. But she did that cool thing where she kind of like relabeled all of the countries. So they were called something different, but still similar. So, you know, like in... Uh, 1984, George Orwell's 1984, there's kind of like 
America, Asia and Europe, Asia and things like that. They they kind of rename things. So she did a lot of that, which was really very cool. I will be honest, I do struggle a little bit with Evaristo's writing, uh, which is not, I need to explain, it is not her fault in any way, shape or form. She's a spectacular writer, but her writing can lean a little bit towards stream of consciousness, which isn't a problem, but I read at lightning speed and anything that sits outside of my own brain eye assumption of what is about to come next really slows me down. So, and then I get annoyed, but that's not her problem at all. But if you're a mega, mega speed reader, just be warned, read it anyway, because it's outstanding. But if you are like a speed reader and you tend to kind of read chunks of words, like, so I read five words in a go. That's kind of how I I really skim. Um, And that's hard to do with, stream of consciousness. It's like reading like Virginia Woolf. It's really hard to speed read Virginia Woolf. I know what you mean. I'm the same because sometimes I find myself reading and then I'll be a few pages forward and I'll be like, I didn't actually take some of that in totally. or something will happen up later. I'll be like, when did that happen in the book? So I, yeah. Okay. Read it constantly, like take your time and read it properly and then get yeah. the next And be, be prepared to do that. If you're looking for like a slamming beach read, this is not the one for you, but it's so beautiful. Her words are just outstanding really just immersive just a gorgeous gorgeous writer um okay tv show what's your favorite tv TV show i really recommend that you watch the great if you haven't already seen it it's got two two seasons out and i know there's a third one coming and i did a bit of a you carly where stan was pushing me to watch this every time i turn it on and for some reason stan on our tv is like 10 times the volume of every other streaming (laughs) service so whenever you go to switch it on and you forgot that you're watching regular tv and your volume is at a normal volume. We have to watch Stan on our TV at like volume five. So it, it just, and for some reason, they always autoplay a preview show. And it was the great for so long that I was like, I'm not watching you. And then one day I was sitting there and I thought, I'm just going to, I'm going to watch an episode and just see what this is about. And I was hooked. And then I actually went back and rewatched one. So I was like, so Jim could catch up and we could watch it together because it's fantastic. It's about Catherine the Great and it's a, um, most sometimes inaccurate historical uh, comedy. And it is laugh out loud funny. It's just brilliant. Elle Fanning is just brilliant in it. The costumes are great. The settings are great. And it has this mix of like a kind of older language, but so really modern humor, just this like debaucherous court in Russia. And it's just beautifully done. And it's the humor is amazing. And Apparently there are quite a lot of historical accuracies, but the whole sort of storytelling of it is just beautifully done. I think I need to give it another go because I started the first couple of episodes and it didn't fully grab me, which is dumb because I'm a huge fan of Nicholas Holt. I think he's unbelievable and I love Elle Fanning and I'm quite into comedy period pieces. I don't know, maybe I was in a bad place. You know how when you start watching a show and you're just not in the emotional place to watch it. So a hundred percent. I do recommend you give another go because it's so fun. Like I just really enjoyed watching it and it got, it got better. Like it's, there's also a little great, um, uh, some other little cameos that come in later that I think you'll love as well. And it's just a brilliant show. She, she and Catherine really improves. Like I think her, she just gets Elle Fanning just shines through the whole thing. And Nicholas Holt just playing that buffoon is genius. I will, I promise you, I promise you I will get back onto it. Um, So my TV show is actually a double up. Well, I've got two. I Kelly, I had Kelly on the show a couple of months ago and she recommended Ted Lasso and I hadn't watched it because I was saving it to watch with Ben, but then he just 
was like out in the shed and never hanging out with me. And I was just like, I'm just going to watch it without you because I'm, I am i can't wait. It's everything. It is everything. Have you watched it? Is it really? No, I've been avoiding it. It is I everything. I thought it was going to be too sentimental. No, it, it is okay. everything. It's, it's I, like, it's just beautiful. And you think that, you think it's going to be too sentimental, but it's just funny and sweet. And my favorite thing is it is, re- it's a really accurate representation of female friendships, which you just don't get to see. They're just supportive and wonderful and lovely. And when they have conflict, they get over it really quickly and hug and drink wine. Like it's, Oh, this is a, a life affirming show. I do need to watch oh, it. It's, <laughs> it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful and so funny. And it's got Juno temple. And I just feel like everyone needs the most Juno temple you can have in your life because she's just outstanding. So I'm re like, if you have been sitting on the fence about watching Ted Lasso, I wasn't, I was always keen to watch it. I just had to bite the bullet because Ben was frigging around and wouldn't watch it with me. Uh, my second recommendation, did you watch Cheer last year? I did. I was obsessed with Cheer last year. Mm, okay. Whenever it came out. Yeah. It, it was a, it's been a bit of a gap between seasons. So I did watch it when it first came out. Yeah. There there has been. And um, I, it got advertised to me on Netflix recently and was like, oh, the second season's out. And uh, in the first like two minutes, there's this massive, massive bombshell and no one's watched it and no one's talking about it. And I don't know, this thing that happened should have been in the news. I think it was because oh, okay. one of the main characters from last season, the first season is like are we completely. Gonna, are we going to? No, no, we won't. We okay, won't, well, we won't spoil it. For, but I was like, yeah, if it's that, that's what put me off watching it again. Oh, I was like, oh. See, I didn't know this thing happened. And then it popped up and I was like, oh, my God. And I just felt so betrayed and just just so many emotions. There's an episode halfway through that covers the whole shebang. But it is actually a really good season. I, I got dragged right into it. And the week that I was watching it, I didn't have enough energy to – I often do things in the evening and I have background TV, but I didn't even have this as background TV. I just watched the whole thing because I was so tired and just needed to like – tool out and watch something but it's it's really good particularly if you watched last year's and I've got another recommendation I've been watching so much tv clearly I wanted to talk about and just like that have you watched and just like that I haven't but I do you know what I have consumed every discussion about it I refuse to watch the show for some reason but I cannot stop watching the discussion and breakdown from people like other podcasters and um tiktokers what? that I like discussing it why don't I'm you just watch it because I just don't want to. <laughs> but, <laughs> because I can see how annoyed it's made so many people. Yeah, okay. So I, this yeah. is this is how my like I'm I'm coming in with this because I I've been sort of seeing a lot of discussion about it. None of my like close friends have watched it, so it's sort of hard to you know bond with anyone over it. This is the first discussion I've had with some well, you haven't watched it. But so I'm actually really quite enjoying it. I think that like like there are some parts of it that are a bit clunky and it's a little bit overly woke. Like the first episode was like, oh, transgender people. Oh, there's, we have some black friends now. It was really like it was a little bit – it was a teeny bit OTT and a teeny bit gross. Yeah. But I, I'm enjoying catching up with the characters and, you know, like seeing the different lives of these women who like chose different paths. And I like the fact that they all look age appropriate and I really like the fashion and I think, you know, we're over the spoiler of the first episode, everyone knows. Yeah, I think everyone is, is everyone should know about Peloton by now. Yeah, so and, yeah, yeah, big dies on a Peloton in the first episode. See, I'm more interested, I feel like, in the pop culture around that. Oh my so God, Peloton's, I loved that whole thing. Peloton stocks dropped 12% after that episode. 
So Ryan Reynolds Marketing Company got Peloton and Big together, made that commercial that was out within 48 hours to pick up. Stocks went back up. The next day, Big is out of it being a predator and the whole ad is pulled and it's, he's gone and he's dead twice in a week. I just am like... The turnaround on that was extraordinary. <laughs> I was just like, how? And by the time the ad came out, like we, it hadn't even really sort of like yeah. meshed with us in Australia yet. Because I, do we do we pe- do we Peloton? Very very little. I don't. It's not as big as it was in the states, and yeah. and it's on their stock market. So it's like it was so much more of a thing there. Yeah, but yeah. it was just like it was just extraordinary watching this real time kind of collapse of the whole thing. And you know, I, I guess it's kind of convenient that he got written out of the show because it just would have been hella awkward, like having the show keep on going with these ongoing allegations. Like it just, yeah, just well, would see, have. How could they not know? And I wonder if they wrote him. I think they, me not having watched the show, but listened to a lot of commentary, that they Carrie's life is boring if she was married the whole series. Totally, she's lit- yeah. literally just a rich white woman with all the shoes she's ever wanted. And yeah. now her podcast is earning the same amount as her one column did in the 90s. Yeah, right. Which is like as truthful as it was back then. Yeah, it's like, you, yeah, you're living off a podcast, mate, for real. <laughs> but the one show actually, here's a recommendation, I haven't watched, but I from my, um, everyone has said that the, you're missing the sort of hole that Sex in the City was for you. Um, Harlem is the replacement. Yes, yes. I, oh, I, I haven't wa- yeah. I've watched it. Yeah, it popped up as a, a like a recommendation for me and I watched it and I loved it. It's not filling my sex in the city hole. It's filling my the bold type hole. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, mm. so good. I really, I'm just thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, it's really, really good. I may have recommended it at some point. I just, I lose track of all of my recommendations, but yeah, I'm actually really enjoying it. And I feel like I'm the only one that's kind of enjoying watching Carrie navigate her life alone again and mm. I'm actually really enjoying so Miranda's having a sexual awakening with a uh, non-binary uh, Carrie's boss actually with a with a, a non-binary person and everyone's going oh it's so awkward and I'm like I'm actually finding it kind of hot like I'm I'm enjoying it I think it's really I don't know I just think it's really cool maybe look there's only six episodes I've got time to watch it I'm gonna watch it now I think and there's gonna I think proper the, debrief yes but I think there's 10 so oh the, okay. yeah so I All think right. there's like yeah, I think we're up to like week eight or something this week. But okay, I'm I'm finding Thursdays. I'm looking forward to Thursdays because I get to watch it. So yeah, I don't know whether or not I just have different tastes to everybody else, <laughs> or I'm just kind of too sentimental about it. But I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm probably going to have so many listeners just being like, "Oh my god, Carly's lost the plot." Uh, so what? I think, it, look, if that if that's not their thing, we've given them lots of other recommendations. We have, so yes. For you there. And if and and I'm sure I've missed a whole bunch of po- problematic things that I'm supposed to hate and just like that for. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll hear all about that as well. Uh, so, what is the best podcast you've listened to recently? This is interesting. I'm actually going to recommend a news podcast because it's called The Briefing, and it is an Aussie podcast. And I do listen to this most mornings because part of uh, something I've been trying to do is like limit my news consumption. And I find the briefing is a really concise, accurate uh, news update. And they've also had really good interviews. They had this week the guy that was on the Joe Rogan show that called him on his lies. They had an interview with him, which was fascinating. I feel like I've forgotten his name, something Zep. Um, anyway, that journalist. Uh, so they all, they will do like a sort of five-minute catch-up of the news and then a 10-minute interview with some a new, like a deeper dive into a news story. And they do a new episode every morning and then like a weekend episode. And it's hosted by Tom Tilly and there's like Jan Fran and Jamila Rizvi. I uh, say her name wrong, Rizvi. Um, and 
yeah, it's, I think it's a great kind of touchstone for my week to kind of catch up on the news without delving into news websites. I absolutely agree. I also listen to the briefing and I also love it, but then I would follow Jan Fran off the edge of the earth because I just think she's fantastic. I love her too. She's so good. Same with same with Jamila, but there's just something about Jan that I'm just like, you are freaking hilarious. I'm, I'm all over it. I was all for when she started, I think it was her 80s power suit revival. That yes. Really, I became obsessed with her not buying new clothes and she's just such a smart commentator I think she's brilliant I became obsessed with her uh, when she was on the checkout and she used to do like um there was like a little segment that she had that was like a play on her name but it was fantastic it was so good and then she kept doing it like on Instagram and stuff but yeah she's she's brilliant so if you stumble across Jan Fran just follow everything that she does my best podcast episode is actually like it's, it's not a podcast it's just an episode so which which I quite like I love it when people give a specific episode recommendation rather than because like what you're going to recommend 500 episodes are they all that great <laughs> um so mine is an episode of uh you're wrong about and it's the episode about the conjuring so Ooh. I didn't realize this but apparently like the conjuring the Amityville horror and Annabelle you know that creepy doll yes all of those stories and movies and stuff based around those just come from the same ghost hunting couple in real life called no Ed and Lorraine Warren isn't this weird like yes. I, I just thought that they were just like you know f- factory kind of horror stories that were being pumped out by Hollywood but they're kind of true and i'm putting that in inverted commas but they were like ghost hunters that operated during the 70s and right up until they died like fairly recently and all of these stories are based on like their true experiences of like ghost hunting and doing you know spirit cleansing and that kind of stuff and then these were apparently things that like really happened to them so it's like well i I don't mean really because probably didn't but it's but yeah it was it's so bizarre and i was like i can't believe that this was all based on like a real couple telling people that this stuff happened and they, they like their whole, they've got like an empire that got passed down to their children and they, they own the rights to all of these stories. It's unbelievable. How bizarre. Okay. Listening to that. Yeah. So it's the episode of the conjuring. So yeah, really interesting. Let's talk clothing. So what are you buying these days? Uh, Last time I said I wasn't buying very much and I'm continuing to not buy very much, but I have a recommendation, which is um, some Uniqlo linen shirts, which I know Uniqlo are only about mid-level on that good on you scale. They definitely can do better, but I have bought some, I first bought Uniqlo linen shirts about five or six years ago and I still have them. And so I think the most the best thing you can do is actually to keep and wear the same clothes. And so I updated them with a couple of new colors recently. And I also bought some of their linen shorts to wear around the house. And they are all fantastic. And I have been pretty much living in linen shirts and shorts. I'm entering my linen era. That must be my, <laughs> my, my next age phase of wearing loose flowy linen clothes as I'm around my house in this hot summer. <laughs> I, I entered my linen phase many, many years ago. I think I'm a bit of the head of the curve with you there. But no, I agree. And I think it's uh, I think the, the goal isn't necessarily to not buy fast fashion or kind of, you know, big conglomerate fashion. It's if you're going to buy that type of stuff, just do it thoughtfully and use it and use it and use it. Don't, you know, buy a $20 t-shirt and then chuck it in the bin and then buy another one. Exactly. It's not like buying a going out top every weekend. It's this linen washes really well too. It wears really well. And I've been, I can recommend that they last and this season is also going well. 
Hi, it's Carly. Just popping in to remind you to leave a review for the podcast if you haven't already. Go to the show page, not the episode page, and scroll right down to the bottom where it says leave a review. I check reviews every week and honestly, they just make my day. So thank you so much. You can also become a supporter of the show and get access to all of the show resources, including workbooks, checklists, and ebooks by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash very excellent habits. Back to the show. update how about you what's your what's any exciting purchases from you um no nothing really but there is a brand I'm really interested in called um Duro. I hope I've Ooh. pronounced that correctly but I've been eyeing off one of their wrap dresses for ages like they're they're a epic epically ethical like the the whole shebang and they've got this like barter system where they're just like oh you know if you're interested in one of our pieces you know and you do like graphic design or whatever like you know you can offer to barter your services for you know a a piece of our clothing and I just think that's really cool like I mean I, I don't live near them so it's hard for me to actually barter anything that's worth it to them but still I just really liked their philosophy so and they're not cheap obviously because it's that kind of blessed by the gods sort of you know washed in rainwater kind of stuff but yeah which is really really lovely I just wanted to go back to what you said about like buying a going out top every weekend I just feel like that hits so hard every time I hear someone say it because we did that we bought a new going out top every weekend when I was in my 20s that's just what I did yeah it was like five and and apparently that came into my head because going out tops are coming back oh are Um, they there's like a sort of 90s revival like this is like a big Y2K at the moment. And like there's, but do you remember the butterfly tops in the shape of a butterfly? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it, but low rise jeans and a butterfly shaped top. Oh no. Are, are gen, young Gen Z fashion now. Why? So. Why are you doing this? <laughs> well, was... look, they, they didn't have a really bad eyeshadow phase like we all did. So yeah, I feel that's like they true. Need, they need an ugly phase. Like everyone needs an awkward phase of fashion. They do. And they just... They've skirted through too easily. They yeah, the, the high-waisted mum jeans have been giving me a lot of pleasure. I <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy seeing those. I'm like, they do not look good. <laughs> well, everyone needs a photo of them as a tween dressing like a 30-year-old. Yeah. I found a photo of me wearing like these big Bahama shorts with my T-shirt tucked into them when I was like about 10. And I was like, oh, was, how is that a look? But yeah. Remember when we all wore those like giant cargo shorts and like the tiniest little top that you could find? Like what what was that? And those really chunky shoes that you just like slide your feet into and they were just like harsh black. It didn't matter what you were wearing. You were wearing these. They looked like tires. Like it's just, oh man, so bad. No, I agree. I do think that the up and coming younger generations do need to be punished because they just know not to cover their faces in gross makeup that looks ridiculous. They're just so fresh-faced. It's wonderful, but also, yeah. Where I'm, you I know, s- I'm here for a little uh, – hopefully they can go and thrift all the ones we threw away Yeah, and, um, and make it a little bit more fun that way. Yeah, definitely. So what about makeup? Are you doing much with makeup? This is more of – I have a recommendation that's a little bit more of a makeup prep, and it is the um, Ultraviolet Supreme screen, screen Sunscreen. 
that's too many words that didn't make sense there. So oh, do you have it right there? Chris is showing it to me. Because <laughs> like, yeah, I keep it on my desk. You're going to have to put your hand behind it like you're a beauty blogger. <laughs> oh, yeah. 2014 blogger. Here we go towards the camera. Uh, yeah, so this Supreme, they have lots. They all sound like queen screen and lean screen. This is Supreme screen because my skin is a little bit oilier and this has a slight tint to it, but not tinted. It's just like not a bright white sunscreen. It's more like a slightly beige colored sunscreen. Nice. But um, it blends in really well. So um should work for most skin tones and it's a really good makeup primer so i make i always wear sunscreen every day but i usually like the la roche posay ones but if i'm if i you know what i hate when it's something just doesn't work under makeup this is a go-to even if i switch whatever makeup i'm wearing i know this isn't going to peel or separate yeah and it always works under makeup so that is a really good sunscreen recommendation is ultraviolet the brand that does incredible inclusive colors uh not sure they only do but they do really good formulas that blend in really well they seem to be pretty popular with most um most uh skincare creators that yeah. i follow um i know that michelle from lab muffin mm. uh, rates most of their products as well so um i think that they as far as a blendability for darker skin tones they work really well they have mm. one mineral one that i don't think is as good but the other ones they do and they also have like a the queen screen, I think it is, is like in a dropper bottle. It's almost more like a serum. So it's oh, nice. really comfortable to wear if you've got dry skin. Lovely. Um, and this one is a bit more of an oilier skin recommendation. Good recommendation. So mine... What about you, makeup? <laughs> well, mine is a re-recommendation again. I have just been rocking exactly the same makeup for probably years and years now. And I've not really been wearing much at all in the last couple of years because I barely leave the house. And I feel like the only time I see people is on Zoom. And I feel like Zoom kind of airbrushes you anyway. It yeah. does. Yeah, it feels like it does. It's like, I don't look that good. Um, so <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to re-recommend the IT Bye Bye Under Eye from Sephora as the best concealer in the world. You agree? Hands down. I think you and I discovered this at the same time. We did because we went to a Sephora event together. Yes. This would have been... Oh my God, years ago, six or seven years ago now. Yeah, that product is still my absolute favorite and it lasts so long. I think so I've only long. ever bought two tubes of it. I'm like, on my third and I bought yeah. two tubes the last time because I keep getting scared that they're going to discontinue it because it's just so, so good. But I can remember remember how we went to that um, to the event and then you had to like stay till the end or they wouldn't give you the goodie bag. And then we were like <laughs> hanging around for the goodie bag and they had this like, they had this hierarchy of goodie bags. Yes. So there was just like the, 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 and they had green dots on them and there was just like a, sh- like a shit one for the crap bloggers. And then there was like a middle of the road one. And then there was like a high-end one and we got middle of the road ones. And we were like, what does this mean? Like... <laughs> I was like, and then, well, Sephora has a whole other thing. So sometimes, then one time I got invited to the event and then the next year I didn't. So I was like, I don't know what's happened, but yeah, I still recommend that. It's yeah, It Cosmetics. It's amazing that un- Bye Bye Under Eye and you need to use the smallest amount. Tiniest don't amount. overuse it or you'll no. hate it. Just a little bit goes a yeah, long way. It's, it's honestly the best thing ever. I think I use medium, but yeah, you can find your own color, but it's, it's outstanding. Um, what about Beauty. I have another old recommendation because sometimes I feel like everyone knows these things that I've talked about it before, but I don't think I have. And I have been doing this for years and it is uh, having a box of face washes in my bathroom. Hmm. So I have, and I use a different one every time I wash my face and just throw, like have a clean box and a dirty box, just throw them away, but, um, and rewash them. So instead of using like cotton pads or things like that, um, I actually just use a face washer when I'm washing my skin and I find it is the best thing that really changed 
taking my makeup off properly and actually having one there just to sort of dry your hands in between steps so that you're like, I felt like everything I do in my skincare makeup routine is cleaner because I have those face washes there in the bathroom ready to go. I probably have a pile of about 15 there now. They're in a little box in my um, cabinet. And then I just grab a clean one out um, and then just pop it in a pile and wash it with the towels every week. And it's the biggest game changer I think for having, and that way I'm not using my body towel or hand towel when I'm actually doing skincare, just specific clean skincare face washes. That is such an amazing hack that I have literally never heard of before. I feel like I talked about this. I'm going to have to do a thing about it. You do. Do a, do a it, TikTok. It really did. And I really think because there was a, a time a few years ago where I was really having lots of breakouts. And I think that was the one thing where I just completely um, reduced my skincare routine as simple as possible. But I, using the face washes just meant that I wasn't had such clean hands the whole time I was touching my face. And that really made a bit of a difference. That is perfect. Yeah. Never heard of that. I've just got like, I just know about like the ones that you wipe on your face, the little scrubby circles. Yes. I have those as well. Cause sometimes if I'm trying to wash off makeup, but then I'll also grab a clean face washer and actually just don't be too rough. Like you're not trying to scrub your face off with the face washer. So I'm like, so rough know, with I'm my face. I'm shocking. I'm just <laughs> terrible. Every time I read anything about like how to stop your skin from aging or taking care of your skin, they're just like, treat your skin gently. And I'm like, Bleh! So buy the really soft face washes. Don't get the like really harsh ones because it does it like you can almost do like a physical exfoliation rubbing your face too much with a face washer. But you don't want to do that. You just want to be like keeping it clean, wiping it dry. Yeah. That's like when I read um, Zoe Foster Blake's Amazing Face way back when it came out. There's this whole section on don't stick your face and your chest directly into the stream of the shower where the hot water is because it's very, very bad. And I'm just like, fool, I'm going to do that anyway. And I still do because it just feels so nice. And the whole like because the the book is so funny. And Zoe's like, I know it feels great. Stop doing it. And I think about her every time I'm in the shower because I'm like, I don't care. I love it. I'm doing it anyway. (laughs) Just the worst. <laughs> oh, that is that's a, like I'm just laughing because I have my shower too hot, so I don't do way that. too and hot. I, only because I don't wash my hair, I'm used to showering, kind of avoiding my whole same. I face. shower, I shower my boobs are what's in the <laughs> yeah. in the stream because I'm trying to keep because yeah, curly curly hair girls, and you don't like a weird bending turn around, wash my back half bending yeah. over like if I and this is sorry, this is too much, but if I go to a hotel that has a rain shower directly above from the ceiling. I'm so depressed because I know I'm going to have such an uncomfortable shower. Like I literally have to be 90 degrees to have a shower <laughs> stick your bum in, in a there. rain shower. <laughs> it's just curly girl problems. I know I am I am just broing down so hard with you on this right now because you know what it's like when – because you just can't get your hair wet every time you're in the shower because then your hair would just be wet all the time. Too much. And so, yeah, it's just like that rain shower, which is supposed to be really relaxing, is the least relaxing for me. Oh, 100%. So with um, skincare, uh, I've been so, so lazy. I was going through this whole routine of like derma rolling and doing, and I got, I got an ice roller. So, you know, um, Grace Atwood from The Stripe. Oh my God. <laughs> you got me onto Grace Atwood. And so I've been reading The Stripe ever since you you like recommended her to me. And she's actually like old school internet, like way, way, way back from the beginning. I'd never heard of her. She's American, but she does like, you know, skincare stuff. And and she's really very cool. So she's like 40 and she's child free, which I think is a really cool place to be because I think that's just really relatable for a lot of people who are choosing not to have children. And there needs to be more people in that zone. I'm not sure if I've spoken to you about this, but there's this woman on Instagram that keeps getting targeted towards me and her whole shtick is being aggressively child free. And she's really angry about like... (laughs) 
other people having children and really aggressive about her choice to not have children. And I find the whole thing just endlessly hilarious because it's like I just found I just found it so funny because like uh, people who have been listening to or you know I don't know following me for however long knows that I me having children was not an assumption it was a it was a choice that was made and I very could have easily not have children but I just think it's so funny when people get really aggressive and strange about it I'm like I think she was being suggested to me for a while as well because I'm child free by choice yes and she, I find it when she's like, people are always saying this to me. And I'm like, oh, are they? Are they? <laughs> I, the, I have this really funny thing that we should probably do an episode on that. But I we should absolutely. The, the question stopped for me once I became comfortable in my decision. So every time I see her, I feel like you're not comfortable in your decision because why are you so angry about it? Exactly. When you're comfortable in your decision, I, all of that stress went away from me. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, and that's why I love. Grace Atwood from The Stripe so much because she's child-free by choice, maybe mentions it twice a year in passing when she shares a cool article that discusses it because it's a cool conversation to have. The conversation should be had. But just, like, imagine hitching your wagon to being child-free by choice. It's such. It's kind of like being an ambassador for something you didn't do. It's really weird. Or being an ambassador for something you don't do. It's like, particularly if it's, it's by choice. It's such a, a very small – like, the whole point is – a often being child free is you have so much free time what else are you doing you yeah can do exactly anything. like like what like the, the whole reason why you probably didn't have children is because you are a very interesting person with lots of cool things on in your life it's like you know like bored losers have children like <laughs> that was a joke that, that was, was a, a joke, joke. <laughs> far out um yeah so that was anyway that was my <laughs> Le- so, but the ice roller I the think, ice is, roller is where i was up to also i have been asking for an ice roller i thought i was going to get one for christmas because i was too late i was like just i needed something to tell jim to buy me i'm like buy me an ice roller and he didn't and it's like, oh. wonderful and i i bought it on the guys that ben could use it for his migraines as well uh and he he's been loving it and just like and it's so good particularly if you, if you derma roll or you do something that is a little bit um traumatic to your skin it's really beautiful to ice roll afterwards and i swear it just makes you like it just kind of defines your face and it just makes i feel you... like i'm so puffy in the morning that's Same. why i want one yeah. yeah i was like the ice roller because grace atwood suggests using it before events like if you're going to go to a wedding or something like you'd ice roll a couple of hours before you do your makeup and the last event i went to was my brother's 40th and i'm like i can't ice roll because i was staying with my parents and i'm like i can't ice roll in front of my mum because she's just gonna ask too many questions she's gonna get weird about it she's gonna want to know why i'm doing it it's i'm just i can't no i can only ice roll in the privacy of my own home because i refuse to talk about it except on the podcast obviously (laughs) (laughs) so uh Following on from the uncool person we were talking about on Instagram, who's a cool person that you follow on Instagram that everyone should follow? If you're not following Signed Blake, so it's um, this woman from Chicago is an absolute goddess. I I have such a parasocial relationship with her. It's really hilarious how much I'm obsessed with her. And she's just the loveliest content creator, smart. She's got a beautiful dog. She lives in Chicago. She's a lawyer. And now does content full time. But I think I felt like I've been following her for about three years now and kind of seen her progression to being full time content. And I, I'm just like cheering constantly. She's lovely. She replies to messages. She's incredibly inspiring. She's one of these really authentic content creators as well, where she creates this like luxe life, but she's also very realistic. And she American? Yes. 
And um, she's also so cool because she grew up in the foster system, but she lives and but she's really done so much. And I'm just also she does this thing where she does neat freaky, your love, where she cleans her house. She calls it neat freaky, and she's got like a highlight on her Instagram of how she cleans. And I swear, I, I inspired. I filmed myself cleaning my house and sent it to her about two years ago. I was like, <laughs> oh, look, look what you made me do. <laughs> oh, I and, love that. And I just and then since then she's got a. Um, a contract with Dyson because she was already cleaning her house and inspired everyone to do it. And when she got the Dyson contract, I feel like all of us fangirls were cheering for her because we just love it. And she's just beautiful. She's so stunning. And I also think she's just one to watch because she's full of creativity. I just, you know, I don't know if you've seen that Amazon does those drop collections where they partner with an influencer to do um, ones. I feel like her collection was one of the only ones I've seen with really unique pieces. They brought it back three times the same pieces which they never do and wow. I think she's doing another one soon and something else she'll go on to do some really big things follow her she's just beautiful and her dog bash is so cute as well and I that's love that's that recommendation thank you <laughs> who are you obsessing about on Instagram so you will know that this week I <laughs> rejoined TikTok <laughs> Did you notice I already sent you a bunch I of did. messages on there I like I, I thought you popped up and I was like watch this one watch this one watch this one I didn't really rejoin TikTok. I just realized that when I brand changed to very excellent habits, I hadn't parked it on TikTok. So I went on TikTok to park it and then I got obsessed. So the first thing that popped up was this woman called Adeline's Lunchbox. And so I don't know if she's on Instagram. She might be. Um, But she does these like little lunch videos of her packing lunches for her kid. And they're just super cute. And they get something like... 300,000 views or something just from like packing a lunchbox. And if you follow me on Instagram, I do lunchbox packing videos and I can tell you they just get so many views. Like I'll do four videos a month and the lunchbox packing one just goes through the roof. But yeah, so I'm, I'm very into watching people pack lunchboxes. Who'd have thought it? I do love watching you pack Hattie's lunchbox. I really enjoy it. So I can see the appeal. I would, it's like, yeah, I, I'd, I'd never do it because there's me just going to eat whatever's in the fridge. But I... <laughs> Well, there's actually a whole like working – I mean, it's not going to work for us because we work from home. But there is a whole culture on – as I discovered because I was watching all the Adeline lunchbox ones and then it threw out some more lunchbox influences. And there's this like really hot dude nurse in, the, in uh, um, America, I think, who does lunchboxes for nurses – because you're on like, because it's really specific. You're on like a 12 hour shift. You may or may not have access to a fridge. You know, there's like, you might have dietary requirements. Like like it's one of the most niche and broad like channels of content that I've seen. I was fascinated. I'm not a nurse. I cook I'm every meal. Yeah. I also feel like there'd be one for hairdressers because like they literally need totally. to eat in like 30 second breaks in their day mm. standing up. So and often like if you're a hairdresser you're in like a weird industrial area anyway and you might not want to spend $15 on a crap sandwich every day so yeah I thought that was really really interesting oh okay maybe we'll be on lunchbox tiktok next yeah Uh, speaking of food best restaurant you've been to recently well it is good food month here in Sydney and so I went out for a very fancy dinner at a very new restaurant in Sydney called Amare which is an Italian restaurant in Crown in the new Crown building down at Barangaroo, which is very fancy, but it is so lovely. And they have this dish, Kali, like they make pesto at the table for your pasta. Oh my God. They bring this enormous marble bowl that is in a custom built trolley. Stop. And I, and they're, they're, and they're, this mortar and pestle 
that is just the size of a mixing bowl and they make up from scratch in front of you with the pine nuts and the the freshest sweet smelling basil and then they just mix that around your fresh pasta and serve it to you at your table and it is amazing it was so good and I was just like this is so fancy and so lovely and I just and it's just beautiful so it's fat it is a very fancy spot but if you want to just have someone make your food in front of you the freshest pesto you'll ever have it was amazing that sounds so good unbelievable my recommendation is so much more pedestrian than that so (laughs) (laughs) it's really really basic but (laughs) I'm not kidding it's subway (laughs) we're we're covering the whole spectrum the whole (laughs) spectrum so this is actually kind of more of a parenting hack than anything so we discovered we actually went to um (laughs) we went to this mall in Lavington which is like North Albury or South Albury. It's not the middle of Albury. It's somewhere on the outskirts of Albury. I'm terrible with directions. So, but we had to go to this mall and, um, cause it had a big W there and my poor little sheltered child, we got, it's a very, very basic mall. And, um, she got out and there was like this big tacky Christmas tree and she got out of the car and she goes, wow, wow. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, we need to get you out of your tiny town more often this is this is quite sad um but we discovered that subway do gluten-free wraps which we didn't realize they did so we are because we had to eat in the food court because you know we were hours away from home and had to eat on the go and we were just like what are we going to eat and then I looked I was looking at the subway menu I'm like they have gluten-free wraps so we so I got a gluten-free wrap for each of us and they also have this three dollar toasted ham cheese and tomato sandwich and honestly, this has been a game changer for us. So we can grab a quick lunch that won't kill Ben and the kid will reliably eat this toasted sandwich and it's only $3 and it's like the parenting hack of the century. So if you wrote off Subway 10 years ago, like I did, come back to the table, man. They do a they do a solid teriyaki gluten-free wrap and a $3 sandwich for the kid that she eats the whole thing of most of the time. So okay. yeah, total life hack. Impressive. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to relook at Subway like I've, I hadn't considered them. There you go. You should. And also they are everywhere. They are everywhere, which is great. So, yeah, my weird parent, parenting hack, food hack. Um, what about health and wellness? Well, um, our last recommendations, I recommended journaling and I am still doing it. Wow. On day 129 now. Oh my God. Of, keep, of keeping a habit going. So I am bringing in habit stacking, Ooh. which is something I learned from you of how when you already have a good habit in, I'm attaching another habit to that thing that I already do. And for me, that is stretching because I am not as flexible as I would like to be. And I can write in my journal and it reminds me, oh, I can stretch now because I've often been sitting and then I will do some stretches. It's not very long. It literally might just be a couple of bends or a, like nothing, but it's something. And that is my habit stacking attempt to build on my good journaling habit. I love that, particularly because, you know, I know you used to be a dancer and when you dance, as you get older, you feel, I feel like you feel your flexibility leaving your body more intensely than you would have normally because you grow up with so much flexibility and there's not a lot that your body can't do. And then all of a sudden you just go, oh God, this is, this is not as easy as it used to be. I swear there's nothing to make you feel older than all the clicking and creaking. And (laughs) And so, yeah, I'm trying to kind of build and just trying to keep, keep moving. Mm. Yes. Once I'd say every maybe two years, I get really, really drunk and see if I can still do the splits. 
And yes, I can still do the splits, but I pay for it for days and days. Like I, I won't stretch or anything. I'll be like, oh, I can do the splits, bang. And technically I've done it, but it was not safe and it was not painless. So I think I should start adding some stretching, more stretching to Maybe my... it'll be like part of the warm-up routine too. Yes. A full, yes. Yes. No one needs to see me drunk, prepare to do the splits. Uh, mine's actually <laughs> really... running man. <laughs> Chrissy does the, a fantastic running man dance. It's incredible. You should put that on TikTok. Put it on TikTok. Look at me. I've been on, I've been on TikTok for two days and I'm like, put it on TikTok. Maybe I will. Maybe that'll be my thing. <laughs> so mine... But thinking, thinking of uh, other wellness activities, what is working for you, Carly? Mine is just in general upping my movement. So um, over, the, over the holidays, it was hard to keep my movement up because I wasn't in my usual routine. And um, one of the negative aspects of having children is that when they're on holidays, they're there too. So you don't get a lot of time to kind of, you know, like when they're in care or whatever, you, you just like, oh, we have to go for a walk. And, oh, you're three. You can't walk three steps without complaining about everything. So makes it a bit <laughs> difficult to, to go for a walk. And when we got back from holidays, my Apple Watch gave me a little notification. It was like, oh, hey, Carly, your fitness has dropped quite significantly in the last month. I'm like, rude? Yeah. Seriously? Could I even ask Apple? Thanks. Because it measures, it measures your, the Apple Watch now measures your blood oxygen, which is a way to test your fitness. And for all of last year, my fitness was above average. And then I went like three weeks without doing my gym three times a week and without doing my walk that I do on my days off the gym. And my fitness went from above average to average. That's so disappointing. It's so Why disappointing. Does it reverse so quickly. Ugh. I know it's so sad, but anyway, so it kind of so I'm I'm upping my movement and trying to go for a 50 minute walk every day that I don't do a gym class, which I haven't done today, but I will after we're done on this podcast. Um, I do skip some days, like weekends are hard because again, when you have children, they're there on the weekends, and that <laughs> makes doing things hard. So I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to try really hard to just, and I mean, of course I can, you know, Ben knows how to take care of her and that kind of thing, but you do just kind of double down and, you know, get through the weekend with your well, kid you, in your you face. Well, you go for an hour walk, but it's only 300 metres long. Yes, exactly, exactly, because, you know, you have to pick up rocks and <laughs> and sticks and twigs, and then you decide you want to go in the opposite direction, and you, you can't explain that you can't go in that direction because it doesn't lead to where we're going and all of that fun stuff with the irrationality of a child. <sighs> on that note, <laughs> that's just about it, my love. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me back, and I hope some of those recommendations are helpful. And that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at Very Excellent Habits, and you can also email me, contact at carlyjacobs.com. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash Very Excellent Habits. I had a bank of these saved up for this season, and now I'm totally out, so I need some more. If you want to cringe at hearing your own voice on your favorite podcast, hop to it. And one more thing, please leave a rating and review. Thank you so much to Tessa45 from the UK and Tranquility from Germany for leaving reviews. It absolutely makes my day. Until next time, remember, little habits, big life. Mm-hmm.